you're listening to The Enlightened Podcast. I'm Dr. Sarah Jane, and I'm a gentle chiropractor, holistic counsellor, energetic worker, intuitive guide, and yoga and meditation teacher. I'm the host and creator of The Enlightened Podcast, and I'll be bringing you stories of resilience, consciousness, healing, the human experience, and just how trauma, loss, and grief can shape us to be more compassionate and more empathetic human beings than ever before. These stories are for the highly sensitives, the empaths, and those wanting to hear a unique approach to holistic health. Okay, welcome everyone to this new episode. Our next guest is a gorgeous friend of mine, Kimberly Fernandez, whom I met last year when, I think it was last year now, um, she can clarify in a moment when studying my Reiki and crystal healing certifications uh, with her and her brand Soul Remedy based here in Melbourne. And I knew as soon as I saw that course that I needed to do it because she just had so much knowledge and from such a wide range of teachers as well, mentors, trainings, and just a huge amount of experience throughout her life, which really drew me into wanting to learn from her. And plus, I'm a pretty visual person and her website and Instagram are just beautifully done and really reflect the experience you have when undergoing her trainings or even her sessions or her coaching experiences, which um, we have done a few together as well. So I'm just so happy she's joining us today. Hello, Kimberly. Hello. How are you? <laughs> welcome I'm so glad to have you here thank you thank you for having me I'm excited to be on your lovely lovely podcast oh thank you thank you I think it's exciting to have you and was it last year I did my Reiki with you I actually think it, it might have been the start of last year yes yes okay but I think we met the year before that it's all starting to blur into one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know what year I'm in, where I am, where I've been. Uh, all I know is I did it with you at some point in yes. your beautiful space. Yes. Yes, no, it was, it was a beautiful training. <laughs> it was so beautiful. And I just love how you have such a small group and how it's so intimate and you really get so much out of those few days. So if anyone's interested in learning to become either a uh, I guess even up to a Reiki master, you do that, don't you, Kim? Um, yes. And Crystal Healing with her, please contact her. I'll leave her details at the end of this. But can you just tell everyone a little bit more about you and what you do and I guess your journey up until now so everyone can have a bit of context? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so essentially what I, I do now is I'm obviously the uh, founder and the director of Soul Remedy and essentially the the mission or the purpose of of soul remedy is about um you know offering a holistic uh solution and and pathway for people um and in terms of just really reconnecting back to the natural you know inherent natural abilities and and to just find that empowerment in in ourselves again um, and when I say natural, like 
I don't necessarily mean like like herbal medicine or anything like that, even though that stuff's amazing. Like when I say natural, I mean, you know, our intuition, our energetic body, you know, our our mind, um, and, and you know, and even our physical body and the mind-body connection. So really just um offering services and trainings in a space where people can find reconnection with those parts of themselves and learn how to strengthen those parts of themselves because I think in in the modern society that we live in a lot of us have lost connection to to those parts of ourselves so so that's what I'm really passionate about and how I got here is a very, a very long journey. Um, so I won't, I won't bore you with, with you know, twenty years. But um, I will say that that I, uh, you know, in my past life, in this life, I was um, in the fashion industry previously, which I know you were as well. Yes, yep. um, go the fashionistas, yeah. the healing. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, which which I'm I'm totally grateful for because I feel a lot of the people I met and the experiences I had in that phase of my life actually led me to where I am now. So I think it was definitely all part of the journey. But but when I came to my twenties, um, I definitely reached a point of of my own where I went through my own period of, you know, massive transformation and darkness and challenges and you know a lot of my own trauma coming up to be dealt with and and all of that and so it really called me to really connect back into you know what is actually true for me um which led me obviously back into all of these areas that I'm really passionate about and reconnecting with them and the second that I did um it was just like you know it was it was just took off from there like it just took a life of its own almost and the fashion industry was just like long gone behind me like it never happened um <laughs> so so yeah it's quite amazing I think that once you do find or land in a place where you really just let go of everything that doesn't serve you and you just allow your intuition and your you know your true nature to guide you with your purpose in your life everything just kind of just suddenly flows which is which is absolutely what happened for me with the starting soul remedy Mm, mm, definitely and you can see that through everything that you do as well that it just comes so easy and and natural for you and that you are where you are meant to be definitely and you know the fashion industry has its place for sure I think people like you and I are intrigued by it or drawn to that area because yeah. it does allow for such creativity yes. and expression and Absolutely. you know um even you know contributing to your identity through clothes like I love that you know my fashion can um reflect who I am or, yeah. or what I believe in which I love but it didn't quite um well in my experience create necessarily a well-being kind of environment you know it was very much a numbers game or a financial game specifically um, rather than you know wanting to change the world in more of a meaningful way which is what drew me to what I'm currently doing but I guess what drew you to Reiki or energetic medicine initially what what part of that was like hang on this this has something in it here 
Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a crazy. Um, you know, when you reflect back on it, it's it, it is almost a bit like, how did that even happen? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's so like I don't feel like there was a defining moment for me where I was like, oh yeah, it's you know, it's Reiki. I think it was like a real slow burn for me. Um, look, similar to you with the fashion industry, I went into it at a young age thinking like, this is going to be a place for my creative expression, um, you know, contributing to the world, like making people feel great about themselves, you know, when they put on my designs and all of that stuff. Um, but I found that I didn't get any of that when I was in the industry, which just sounds like it was similar to you. Um, it was quite the opposite. And I guess on the sideline, the whole time I was in fashion, which is for about eight, so eight or nine years, um, I, I was in my own personal time, like seeing healers and shamans and, um, you know, really explored uh, energy medicine and intuition. I was always just really fascinated and passionate about it from a young age. And for a long time, it was just something I, it was my personal interest and I didn't actually ever think that it was something I would work in. Um, it, it actually didn't even cross my mind that I would ever do it for work. Um, but when I went through, I guess, that period of time in my 20s, which where, you know, a lot of my own stuff came up and I was dealing with a lot of trauma and darkness, I I felt called to go do my Reiki one, which I think happens for a lot of people. They they the, something happens in their life and they go through a transformation and they go, you know what, I need something else. I need something on a soul level. And I think that's often why a lot of people come and do their Reiki training to begin with. Um and I did the Reiki one purely for myself and I'll never forget my Reiki one training. It was so powerful. Like I remember when I first just could feel into the other person's energetic body and I could feel the, you know, the energy centers swirling in my hands. And I remember when I gave my first healing, I literally went white in the face because the energy was like that intense. And I thought I was going to throw up. Like it was just, it was a full on experience. And, and that doesn't happen to everybody, but it happened to me. And so and and I remember I was just absolutely um like my world kind of like cracked open after that and there were a lot of other synchronicities happening like things like I met my partner at the time and he was already a reiki um master and things like that and and then a lot of little synchronicities just started happening like weird things like I would be at the beach and um this random guy would walk up to me who was like from South America and he was a, a, a shaman from South America here on holiday and he looked at me and he goes, are you a healer? And I'm like, what? <laughs> no, like just lots of weird things like that were happening. And so I think I just got to this point where I was like, all right, I'm listening. And, and I let go of kind of, yeah, my fashion industry job, which everyone said that I was crazy to do. Um, and I just started on a path where I had no idea where I was going or what I was doing. Um, and I just started seeing people for Reiki. So I obviously went and did my Reiki too after that. And I just started, um, yeah, seeing people for Reiki and I didn't know where it was going to go at all. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how it happened. <laughs> I 
I love it though because I think there's a bit of a misconception, you know, amongst people finding their their purpose or, you know, what they want to do with their life that it's this, you know, magical epiphany or moment that you just wake up one day and go, it's Reiki. Yeah. You know, that's, what I, that's what I meant to do here. How did I not know? It's like lightning came and there it was written in the sky or such. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily happen that way. So I no. love that said it was a slow burn for you because yeah it's not always an instantaneous you know um experience or moment or or even something that you know you are going to eventually do as your career it it starts with a curiosity or it starts with being led into wanting to know more about something and it was such from a you know an innocent place where you're just wanting to learn as much as you can from a certain um experience and that's what you did with Reiki and obviously it transformed from there but I also love that you mentioned the the random shaman on the beach yeah. because, <laughs> because that stuff always happened to me too. And, you know, no matter, and it still does, no matter where yeah. I go, like if I'm on a train, someone finds me and sits next to me and tells me, you know, everything that's ever happened to them or yeah. you know, whatever. It's just that, that part of us that I guess um, people are drawn to in relation to that. And I do find that, you know, artists, creatives, musicians, or some people will describe themselves as empathic or highly sensitive do tend to be more intrigued by this type of work. Do you kind of agree on that? Yeah, definitely. I I definitely do. I think, you know, I think if you're somebody who is really, um, what's the word, like I think really connected to that part of you, that's your you know, your creativity and your intuition and your passion and all that, which I think a lot of those people are, I think you're definitely, um, you're definitely just drawn to, I think, other people and practices that, that are all about that, that connection into the self. And like, you know, and, and I think a lot of this works, you know, energetic work, um, you know, even what you do, chiro- a gentle chiropractic or, or yoga or any, anything at all, it, like in this sort of wellness industry, the, you know, I always say that the core uh, point of all of it really at the end of the day is about creating that core connection to the self and, and that balance and that alignment and that harmony, you know, but within yourself and, and being able to live, you know, your, you know, best life and being your best self and all of this stuff. And I think people who are very creative or musicians or artists or whatever, I think are already very much in that space, Mm. you know. And so absolutely, um, definitely. But I also think everybody has that within them. I think just some some people are more connected to it than others. Mm. It's like a muscle almost. The more you use it, the more you can get better at doing it. You know, some people think with like energetic healing or intuition or whatever it might be that they're just not or even meditating in fact that they're not good at that or that they can't access that or they say they're not creative you know but really like you said it it is within all of us it's just they may not have used that muscle often absolutely yeah you're you're 100 percent right that is that is actually what I say in you know in all my intuition trainings and even with my clients I say intuition is like a muscle and you know, it's like, it's just like if you don't go to the gym for ages, like all your muscles in your body get weak. Um, it's the same thing. If you don't, you know, consciously practice and develop your intuition, it's going to be really weak. Mm, 
And it's kind of hard in our Western world to, I guess, use our intuition. It's not something that's necessarily <laughs> um, taught in schools or anything. You know, that's why from, you know, high school, a lot of us don't even know how to listen to ourselves anymore. And it's more about, you know, conforming or doing things that we think other people want us to do or that we should do, um, which is why as adults we all tend to, um, well, not all, but a lot of us go on that <laughs> path of, um, you know, doing what we think we should be doing and that's why I think you know like you touched on before with you saying no I don't want to be in the fashion world anymore Um, I don't want that consistent you know stability or or paycheck in exchange for you know my mental well-being a lot of people will discourage you from doing that and especially the people who love you the most you know a lot of us think it's outsiders who you know don't care for as much who who bring that hesitation or that fear but Mm -hmm. it tends to be the closest people to us that want to protect us and keep us safe that have those opinions I think yeah no I definitely I definitely agree and I think that that's part of that journey of of you know following your intuition and following your true nature and your purpose and all of that is is being able to um I guess go up against you know all of those opposing forces and you know and you know including your own fear um and and I guess put the power in in whatever it is that your your heart and your intuition is guiding you to do and and trusting that um and I I think that's every person's journey isn't it on this earth (laughs) To really, Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 you know, to go through that fear and go through those opposing forces and, and you know, risk being um, told that you're wrong and risk being rejected and risk, um, you know, and risk even maybe making a mistake or whatever it is. Um, but I just think, you know what, like I, I've just come to this place and I think I've always felt like this but even more now, now I would do what I do. I just think like... There's just no other option. I think you just have to do what's, you know, in your soul. Otherwise, it's just, you know, it's it's soul-destroying if you don't. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. And, you know, you, you might be alive <laughs> but you won't be living, you mm. know. And I think for you and, and myself as well, making sure that I was doing something that added to my energy or added to my life or added to other people's lives was something that was a bigger um, need within me rather than, you know, just doing what everyone else thought I should be doing. And you speak a little bit about intuition there and I get this question a lot so I wouldn't mind your opinion on it as well, which is how could someone tell the difference between their fear and their intuition? I get this all the time. So I, <laughs> I, want, I want you to say it in your words and, and what that means to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I agree. I get this question all the time as well. Um, and it's actually part of the reason why I developed an intuition training and I'm so passionate about teaching it because that was actually one of the most common questions I was getting in my one-on-one sessions with people um, and even Reiki training. And my answer is always this. It's not, a, it's not like a simple, um, you know, there's no simple trick of like, okay, you know, like for a lot of people, like you said, we don't live in a world that encourages a development and a nurturing and a nourishing of our intuition. So for the most part, like a lot of people have, uh, 
some sort of connection to their intuition, some more than others. But for most people, they're not able to kind of just tune into it whenever they need to, right? Um, and be clear and knowing that that was their intuition, you know, voice. And I think that for a lot of people, they ask like, oh, how do I know the difference? Um, and, and you know, I, 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 there's not actually a trick that you can just suddenly um, learn immediately, I, I think, to, to be able to go, oh, okay, I know that that's my fear and that that's my intuition. I think that you have to be willing to do the work on yourself and and what I mean by that is you have to be willing to to first get to know what your own um what your own fears are what what your belief systems are what your unconscious stuff is you need to kind of get to know that part of yourself um in order to be able to recognize it mm-hmm. and then I think you know and then the other part is I think you also need to then, you know, and and, and there's more than one way of of developing your intuition, but I think it's also then the other part of doing that inner work is is taking the time to develop that connection with your inner voice and your intuition and listening to it more and allowing more space for it and um, taking the time, yeah, to develop that connection. And I think in doing those things, and doing that inner work, it starts to become really obvious to you over time which voice is which. Mm. Um, you know, it's kind of about developing your self-awareness at a deep level. Mm. Um, definitely, definitely. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it does. And, you know, the fact that you said there's not a switch I was like, why not? (laughs) And I think that's so important to go over because, you know, we are all looking for that easy way of knowing or that, you know, one plus one equals two kind of way of things. And it doesn't necessarily work that way with intuition. And, you know, like you said, it's really about having that strong relationship within yourself and knowing yourself and your own patterns and your own thought processes or what it feels like, um, what your intuition for you feels like and what fear feels like for you and and how to work with that. And sometimes it's not that clear because, you know, the fear could be so strong that sometimes it feels like it is your gut telling you this or not. And, you know, sometimes you need to play with that a little bit and go, oh, no, actually that was just my my fear or my anxiety about a situation or hang on, how does it feel when I lean into this? Okay, that resulted in this. That must be my intuition. You kind of have to play with it a little bit, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is. It's it's like an ongoing practice and and an ongoing um, self inquiry, really, isn't it? Um, of of your own thoughts and your own consciousness and your own feelings. Um, and, and going as well on on what you were just saying about um, you know the gut feeling in that something that I think is really a misconception with a lot of um, what people talk about with intuition is that, you like you said, a lot of people say, oh, it was my gut feeling. But often our feelings are not always actually good indicators of um, the truth or of our intuition because sometimes, you know, our fear is what's creating the feeling, just like, you know, just like what you said. So, so I always say to people, your feelings is not your intuition. <laughs> wow. My, that was a little, um, yeah, that was a little epiphany for me there because 
I must admit, <laughs> even I struggle with that at times because I'm such a highly emotive person. Um, and at times I think, oh, well, if I feel this way, it must be true. And as I've gotten older and, you know, more in, I'd say, the last five years, I've started to kind of question my emotional reaction to things as well because it hasn't been accurate all the time. So I actually don't utilise that as a intuitive, um, yeah. I guess, catalyst for myself anymore. Yeah. Sometimes opposite (laughs) yeah 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 well that's good it's like you've obviously realized that with your own experience and self-reflection yeah yeah I I did well you mentioned doing the work then and we were both laughing because you know being human is a constant amount of work (laughs) yes you know just when you think you know everything bam you don't and something else will come up for you to learn and what do you say to someone who's I guess tired of doing the work because I think we've all been there before where it's like I'm sick of this I'm sick of doing the work you know I've read all the books of you know I've done Eckhart Tolle's meditation challenge I've done doing this over (laughs) every week um you know listening to the podcast ones like these and things still aren't going the way that you know maybe they want them to go what can they do when they're when they're feeling that way yeah, uh, it's 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 uh, actually again a, a really common thing that comes up with with coaching clients and and even people in trainings. Um, definitely, I think that there's so much uh, stuff out there. You know, obviously the wellness industry, spirituality, um, all of that is growing, and there's a lot of stuff out there. And I think people can get overwhelmed um, and also you know, just really conflicted as well about what's true for them. And then often they end up doing, I think, a lot of things and not really feeling like stuff is working. Um, Two things I say to people. One is if you're feeling like, you know, it's like you're doing everything to work on yourself and you're not feeling better, the, the first question I always say to people to ask themselves is, is, where are you coming from in yourself with 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 taking these actions? And, and what I mean by that is a lot of people, you know, and, and it's not anyone's fault. It's just, it's just they're not aware that they are coming from a place of trying to fix themselves. Mm. And when we come from that place of, and it doesn't matter what the action is, right, whether it's doing yoga, whether it's meditating, whether it's going to see a psychologist or whatever it is, but if you're coming from a place within yourself of I've, I've got to fix myself, the message that you're sending to your uh, subconscious, to your, you know, your mind is that there's something wrong with you because you're coming from a place of needing to fix yourself. And so then that actually just keeps you caught in like a, a state of, of you know, that there's something wrong with me <laughs> and that I need to be fixed. And so it, it's kind of like a, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way of no matter how much work you do, you're not feeling better. So I always say to people, it's about reorientating yourself about where you're coming from within yourself. And it's, you know, and, and that can take a little bit of, um, I want to say work, but <laughs> that can take a little bit of um, self-awareness and self-reflection, but it's, it's kind of about reorientating yourself and going, I'm going to choose to to do things because either I love it and it's true for me to do that thing 
Um, or, you know, or maybe it's coming from a place of, you know what, I want to love my body and I want to love my mind. And so I'm going to do things to nourish it and choosing to kind of consciously come from that place within yourself. And then I think your relationship to self-care and inner work and all that starts to really shift because you're no longer coming from this this really like, oh, God, like I've got to work on myself. When am I going to get there? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's said it's coming from a place of, you know, I'm taking care of myself. I'm loving myself. I'm, I'm doing things because I love doing them. And, and then it's also much easier to sustain them as well, I think. Mm. Oh, definitely. And I think sometimes people jump on the, you know, the yoga bandwagon or the meditation bandwagon because they've read that that's, you know, one of the only things you can do to help yourself spiritually, but it's not, you know, maybe it's cooking for you. Maybe it's gardening for you. Maybe it's, you know, designing clothes, whatever it might be. There might be other ways to, you know, express that part of you or connect to that real, that real you or higher consciousness in a different way. Do, Do you think that too? And I also think like what you said, it's not like there's a problem to be solved all the time and people are reading these books in hope that the information or knowledge will be enough to be this huge change for them to to alter themselves and it doesn't necessarily work that way, does it? No. Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, I think. Yeah, there's... there's um... You know, and actually, like on what you're saying, I think that this is one of the other reasons why, and I'm sure you would agree, um, that having a connection to your intuition and your inner voice is so, so important because there is so much information out there. There's so many, you know, modalities, there's so many methods, there's so many techniques, there's a million different things that you can do to like make yourself feel better, right? Or like mm-hmm. heal yourself or or whatever it is. And it's like, well, how do you know what's actually true for you? Like how do you know um, what what's going to be in alignment for you? And I think that that's what a lot of people struggle with. And I think that that the best way to know that is to actually have your own inner voice guiding you. And and so like you said, then you can know like, okay, actually gardening's what's he, gardening's what's healing for me <laughs> or cooking or cooking or walking or maybe it is yoga. Um, but but what you're doing is coming from a true place inside of you rather than like a you know, you're scrambling and trying out everything just in hopes to kind of fix what you think is wrong with you kind of thing. Mm. And there's so many different types of yoga as well. So your experience of yoga may not even be an actual reflection of yoga itself. You know, some people will go to a, you know, a Hatha class or a Vinyasa class and they'll just go, no, yoga's not for me, but maybe they're not looking at, you know, yin yoga or restorative yoga and maybe that that suits them better. I think that there's so many choices out there, which can be a hard thing, like what you're saying, but it really is about trialing or being curious and and Mm -hmm. trying these different things and what feels good for you. And, you know, I'm at a point now where I can be like, no, today I need yin, you know, today's that kind of class for me or maybe, you know, oh, no, I need to move my body. Vinyasa's for me today. But you're right, you do have to have that kind of inner compass or inner inner knowing of what maybe is serving you or not serving you and I guess that takes time to develop, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think that it's, you know, it's it's 
I mean, it's, it's available to us all the time, obviously, <laughs> our inner voice. Um, and we all have one and we all have intuition. And I think, I think just the act of choosing to listen to it more, that in and of itself starts to develop it, you know. Um, and I think, you know, I, like in, in my intuition trainings, I think people are so amazed that, that you know, when they're put on the spot and told, okay, you know, <laughs> tune into your intuition and, and obviously I give them some tools to help them, but they're amazed at how quickly and immediately they're able to get such um, specific mm. information and powerful information from the intuition. So it doesn't necessarily need to take years to develop it. It's just it's just about choosing to to do it. Yeah. 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 I could definitely see that. I um, have a little game that I get the participants to play when they're doing my energetic development course and it's uh, usually halfway during the day so people have gotten to know each other and, and, you know, pick up on each other's energies and what I do is I blindfold one of them and then place (laughs) one of the participants in front of them and they have to use that inner knowing to guess who it is and they're normally like 99% right. And they can't believe it. I love that. That's so awesome. That's mm. very cool. Yeah. And it just gives them that little boost as well. And I think once you have that confidence in yourself and that yes. trust in yourself, it tends to be easier after that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Once you once you even just get a little bit of a taste of how amazing our intuition is, you're just like, oh my God, I want more. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But obviously, you know, we don't want to be coming from a place of something's wrong with me, I'm not normal, or I, I want these thoughts to go away, or I need to fix myself. But yes, how can we become, I guess, the best versions of ourselves and, and shift patterns or even possible negative behaviors? How can we do that without, I guess, coming from that angle of fix? Yeah, so, so in my, um, both in my you know, all the training um, I've done and teachers I've had and also my own experience with myself, I would say that, you know, from my understanding, the the best way to do it is is first and foremost awareness. And I know that that's a word that gets thrown around a lot, um, but it, it's actually about deep, deep awareness um, of, and I think coming back to what I was saying earlier, um deep awareness of your your patterns your behaviors your um you know your unconscious belief systems your limiting belief systems your fears just really getting to know like your own consciousness your own mind in in a really deep way and and I think that that's important really you're spending your whole life with yourself so you know <laughs> you probably should know your mind really well um and and then you know, and, and actually, one of the most profound teachings that I've, I've ever received, and and I and you know, and, and it's this this idea of not fixing ourselves. Um, it's about knowing yourself, but not trying to fix yourself, and and that's actually the the loop of suffering that that people get caught in, and and I used to get caught in all the time as well. Is that we have we we have an awareness of something that maybe we you know believe is wrong with us or that we think you know we we're lacking or or you know is is not viable and then we spend all of our energy and time trying to fix that and 
you know, the, the, the obvious beliefs, right? For example, like maybe I'm not worthy or um, I don't belong or, uh, you know, I don't have the capacity or something like that. A lot of us, what we do without realizing it is we spend a lot of our lives just trying to fix that about ourselves. And, and then, you know, there's two things with that. One, it keeps us caught in this loop of, of that, of that belief, because the more we try to fix that belief about ourselves, the more we're actually just giving our energy and power and focus to that thing. And, you know, and if you look at how manifesting works, right. And how creating works, you know, um, our focus creates our reality. So, all we're focused on is is trying to fix you know the fact that we feel that we're unworthy or that we don't belong or anything we're actually just keep recreating that for ourselves and and that's how we get uh, stuck in patterns whereas if we just have an awareness of the fact that we have that belief right and we have an awareness of the fact that we have certain traumas or beliefs or fears or anything like that but we just leave it at that we don't try and fix that about ourselves. We just have an awareness and instead we use all our energy and focus on actually just creating what we would love and, and choosing, you know, to live our life and making our choices based on just what's true for us and based on what our inner voice is saying, what our heart is saying, then, you know, again, coming back to that, you know, manifesting, it's like, well, then if your focus is on that, then that's what you're going to create more of. And so for me and my understanding and my teachings, that's how you actually shift out of a lot of this sort of um, negativity and and dark mindsets and and patterns and that type of thing. Mm. And I think... Um, what you've touched on there with the awareness, which, you know, like you said, is becoming a bit more of a buzzword, but it really is imperative to everyone is we all have this idea like the thoughts will stop or our negative patterns will just go away. And once that happens, then we're free of them rather than coming from that angle of hang on, you know, these thoughts may come up or these, you know, safety mechanisms to try and protect myself if I'm feeling scared right now may, may turn up. But it's being aware of those thought processes or, you know, those reactions as opposed to just reacting. There's more space. There's space between, you know, the emotion and the reaction, which is really where the change is, not the fact that you're not feeling that way or thinking that way ever. Yes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, that's such a that's such a good point um, because, you know, like even though I've been doing this stuff for years now, I totally have all of my, you know, fears and limiting beliefs and all that stuff still come up for me all the time. Um, but now my relationship with them is much different, uh, very different. It's like, you know, I hear them, I see them, and I just recognize them as that um, rather than, like you're saying, rather than identifying with them and then reacting. Yeah, um, that's something I'm still working on at times. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you sure. know, sometimes I know when I'm not doing it. Like, for example, an email will come through and my head will say, don't you write back yet? Don't you do that yet? You know, <laughs> be aware. You know, you can feel that you're reacting. And I'm like, shut up, awareness. Here we go. And I start typing madly, you know, and then straight after I've sent it, I go, why did I send that for? You know, so 
it really does have our greatest good at its, you know, um, it's trying to help us even if we feel like we need to do something right then and there. It's it's that space and that time where we can actually, um, you know, handle ourselves or our reactions in a way that we're actually proud of and um, our real us and not just that, you know, reactive state which or ego state, which I'm sure other people have heard of as well, which, yeah, something I still work on, you know, every so often oh I think you know it's 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 you know it's given to us for a reason and I think we're it's definitely it's something we all you know no matter how enlightened we think we are I think it's something we all have to you know battle with for our entire life um but I think that uh, you know I, I think that you know, and I'm sure you've heard of this before and and you'd agree that it does serve us our our ego and our unconscious because you know if if we didn't have it we wouldn't actually I think be able to even enjoy or know what a a good feeling is right like you know we wouldn't how can we reach for joy and happiness if we're not coming from maybe a difficult um situation so yeah yeah the ego is not all bad. No. We need it. And it's one of the great things of being a human, you know, like if you look at other animals, they, they may be somewhat free of the ego in comparison to us and our developed consciousness. Um, and as you said, we can think we're enlightened, but, you know, every day new things come up. And I think it was at Ram Das who said, spend a week with your family and then you'll know if you're really enlightened. <laughs> you know, so if Ram Das is saying that, that, that always makes me feel good. Totally. Totally. It's okay. If if Mr. Darst is feeling it, it's okay for me to feel it. But I I also just want to ask, and you touched on it a little bit before, but in terms of when you are doing your coaching sessions with clients and what people bring up to you, we've spoken about the intuition and trusting ourselves being one of the things you see often. What are some of the other common things that people are wanting help with, do you think? Like is there a pattern of things that people usually are wanting to discuss with you or is everyone a little bit, you know, um, well, obviously every journey is unique, but is there an overriding um, pattern that most people go through or a process that they go go through um, through their journeys with you? Yeah, uh, look, I would say definitely, you know, you're right in saying that every, you know, person is definitely different and, and unique in, in their, you know, journey and their experience and, and what they need to kind of um, go through but definitely in terms of the journey that they go through with me and in the coaching programs and sessions is is one of of always um, getting to know <laughs> I sound like a broken record but <laughs> it's coming back to that thing of of that awareness like we're talking and and yes I take people on a journey of of going to a much deeper level of self-awareness than from wherever they are. So some people might not have a great level of self-awareness. Um, and so, you know, we just, we start from that point and, and we go a little deeper and then other people have really good awareness and then we still go deeper. You know, there's always more that you can learn and more that you can see about yourself. Um and, you know, my angle is I like to empower and educate my clients so that once they're done with coaching, they have tools and a deep level of self-awareness so that they can support themselves moving forward and in a really powerful way. Um, and the journey is 
of of that self awareness is is ultimately it does always start with the ego most of the time, um, and just getting to know those um, you know those deep belief systems, those fears. And also just starting to recognize, you know, a lot of the thoughts and feelings that they have are not actually true and not actually real and starting to understand where they're coming from and perhaps where they made them up when they were a child and, you know, what situations. So definitely sometimes a little bit of that um, inner child work and childhood. And then and then the journey always comes around in the end to us really focusing on okay well now that you have a deep level of awareness um of this of yourself um and and your consciousness well where do we want to go to from here what do you want to create and and how are we going to create that for you and within that um comes that that development to their intuition their inner voice and you know that in itself is a whole journey as well um so I would say in a nutshell that's the journey that that most people go through and so in terms of a pattern I would say that the biggest thing is that people don't really know and and I think it's coming back to what you were saying earlier about we're just not educated in you know mainstream school or anything like that about our own thoughts and emotions and intuition, all that very much. And so a lot of people just really take their thoughts and feelings as fact, mm. you know, and, and so if their mind is saying to them, you're a loser or you're stupid, they take it as fact. Um, and I think that's that's one of the biggest things that I think I, I, I come up against with people in, in coaching is just helping them see that, just because their mind is saying something, it doesn't make it true. Mm. Um, and, of course, there's a lot of other things, but I, I would definitely say that that's probably one of the biggest things. Yeah, that's a good starting point. Yeah. You're starting to question, you know, your your thoughts because, yeah, it's. I guess it's more of an unlearning rather than a new learning, yeah. isn't it? Um, unlearning back to your, your state as a child almost where, you know, everything's, you know, new and interesting and they're just carefree like it the thought processes aren't as big when you're small in that sense and then as you get older and you come through life and expectations and responsibility and more I guess social structures um, that's when those thought processes tend to really come in quite strongly and take us away from I guess our own inner knowing and into what everyone else wants us to be like you know if you ask a kid what they want to be when they grow up they're well yeah (laughs) I was going to be a vet and famous actress and a zoologist in my spare time (laughs) Um, and that was just what was going to work for me whereas you know as an adult we're so scared to chase those things They, they tend to be more you know stable jobs like I'm going to be you know work in the government or whatever that might be that becomes more of a priority than you know, it's just not real anymore to think of those things. You've got to be realistic. And and so many people say that to us as we're growing up. No, no, that's, you know, that's child's play. No, you've got to be more realistic, which is why I think so many of us do struggle with, say, manifesting or manifestation, because it feels like it's working this 
imagination muscle almost and it almost feels wrong because it's been like you know it's totally well it's going against everything that I think mainstream modern society kind of pushes onto us isn't it Mm. So if I wanted to start manifesting tomorrow, how would <laughs> I do that? You know, I do my vision boards every year and I think that they help, especially from, you know, me visualising the goals that I have and seeing it every day and being reminded of them every day and it keeps me, I guess, focused as well. But yeah, what is manifestation? Because I think it does get used a bit loosely totally. as well and, you know, <laughs> like, oh, I'm, you know, I manifested this but or I can't manifest that or I got a speeding fine so it must have been my energy that day or I always get parking spaces and there they are and, you know, whatever it might be. How can we manifest and what does it mean exactly to take the, I guess, the woo-woo out of it? Yeah, absolutely. I actually don't like using the word manifesting anymore but I thought I would just use it before because I feel like it, it, it'll it'll Makes make sense, sense. Yeah. Um, yeah but actually the term I love to use is is creating so creating and or creative development is is what I I call what I teach and and you know what I would love to be able to teach how to fully create and manifest in like a few minutes but it's probably not um not possible, possible. um not able to be manifested no <laughs> But I will, I will say, I will say this um, that you know, it's it, it it's not you know necessarily a woo woo thing, right? Because we are creating or manifesting every second of every day, like whether we're conscious of it or not, we're making choices in each and every second, you know, and small choices, big choices, and and that in itself is creating. We're, we're consciously or unconsciously creating our life every second. And really being a becoming a masterful creator is is it is about, you know, being able to have that awareness of of where you're coming from inside of you and then second to it it's about having a clear like you're talking about vision boards and stuff having a clear vision of what you're going for and being committed to it and choosing it consciously um and 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 you know it's despite what your ego says right despite what your um unconscious beliefs are and all of that because they will all come up you know every time that you try and go for something because your ego is about survival and so the second that you go for something that seems risky or out there it's going to straight away come up and tell you you know all the reasons why you can't (laughs) um but (laughs) but with manifesting and creating um you know I'll the the best point that I've I've learned about it is that you want to really take a look at I guess your goals or your the things that you're wanting to create. A good place to start is going are these things actually true for me? Cuz a lot of the time people want to manifest things but they're not actually true for them. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, they're things that are actually coming from their ego. And so the problem with that is that 
irrespective of whether you manifest them or not, it's keeping you stuck in a place that's not fulfilling for you. So I always say to people, before you even start working out how you're going (laughs) to create these things or even manifesting, it's actually getting clear on what your vision is or your end results are, your goals are, and making sure they're actually true for you and in alignment with your your heart and your spirit and your true nature and your intuition. And and if you do that, they're going to actually flow a lot better. Mm. Is that why the goalposts move so often for so many of us after we achieve a goal, for instance, or think, oh, I'll feel good once I do this. Yes. And then we do it. And then before we know it, there's a new goalpost somewhere else that we have to kind of venture for. Yes, you absolutely nailed it. (laughs) That is exactly why. (laughs) (laughs) I should do this kind of work. Hang on. I do. but yeah, because that's something I struggled with for a long time. And I think you and I have discussed this as well, that we're, you know, ex-perfectionist type A, you know, success-driven personalities in that sense. And for me, I couldn't work out why I wasn't happy in certain aspects because I was doing everything that everyone told me that I needed to do to be loved, accepted, or to make my life worth something and it just never kind of filled the void if that made sense yes totally yeah and I think a lot of people are stuck in that like you were saying it's 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 this idea of you know chasing that thing that's outside of you that's going to fill up (laughs) our incompleteness um and you know it, it really is about um I guess in a way, letting that go, letting go of that whole um, way of being. And and it, it can be challenging to do that. It's not necessarily easy because it feels safe to us. It feels safe to our ego to, to always be chasing things and moving the goalpost um, because in a way it's kind of avoiding what's really in our heart because often what's really in our heart is really scary to go for. <laughs> Mm. so so also the chasing um and and you're right I've I 100% did it for a long time and I still can catch myself falling into it sometimes um chasing things that you think are going to fulfill you um but really they're just really good distractions ah Kimberly (laughs) I know and I guess yeah you're you're really right on the money with that one and I guess if someone is feeling like there is a void within them or there is something that they're trying to fill, like what is that and where is that coming from? Because it's obviously not external as such. Otherwise, you know, it's like going to the shop and you buy a new outfit and then before you know it, you've worn it once and you don't get that same feeling from it and you need to consume again and buy again or, you know, whatever that distraction might be. Yeah. What is it that we can really work with? What's the real work in terms of that emptiness and that void? Why is it there? <laughs> Why is it there? Um, well, you know, I, I always say to people, you know, if you're not working with a therapist or a coach and just something you can do at home is, you know, work backwards in a way. So, you can first ask yourself like, okay, what is it that I'm doing? What am I going for? You know, and like you said, maybe it's your shopping for heaps of clothes all the time. Um, and then it's like, you know, asking a further question back, well, why am I doing this, right? Like what am I trying to achieve by buying all these clothes? And then, you know, 
what will start to rise up in your consciousness is maybe, okay, maybe I'm buying all these clothes because I think it'll make me feel better or maybe I'm buying all these clothes because I think if I dress this way, then this group of people will like me or maybe I'm going to feel prettier. And then, and then it's asking yourself, okay, well, where is that coming from? You know, like why, why do I feel that I need to, to do that? And then, you know, you can work backwards and you'll be able to get to a point where you'll start to see um, what it is that you're identifying with in terms of beliefs or perceptions and that type of thing. But but when you say what is the void, it, it does come back to that um, resolving belief systems and resolving the ego and resolving our fears um it's it it does come back to that always whenever you know it's it's that whole thing of of trying to fill up our incompleteness or emptiness or anything like that and and it's also about recognizing that you know it's it's not true mm, it's, there is no void yeah it's there, there is no void it, and it's it's kind of a it, it's it feels like a catch twenty two, you know, when you're first learning about this stuff, and and that's why it does take practice. But you know, it's like if you identify with the the idea or the belief or the thought that you are empty <laughs> or you are unworthy or you don't belong or whatever it is, then that you're going to have an experience of that, like that's going to become your reality. But if you can start to acknowledge and see, um, just like how you were talking before about becoming the observer and, and creating that space um if you can start to recognize and see like okay I'm I'm identifying with this thought that I'm unworthy um you know and so in order to become worthy I think I've got to dress better or I've got to help people or I've got to do this well hold on a second you know that's not actually true that's just it's just a belief but it's not actually the truth and so when you can start to have that conversation with yourself I think that's when you can start to transform out of that 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 feeling or that void or that that hamster wheel right of chasing things Mm. And the brain will do anything to not make you be a liar. You know, I think Tony Robbins talks about a little bit, you know, it's there's actually a part in the actual brain that's for this purpose where, you know, if say someone says pass me the salt and you don't see it, the fact that that's your belief, your brain will actually turn off a part of its functioning so that you cannot see the salt. Oh, and then absolutely. someone else will come by and be like, here's the salt, it's right here. And you're like, I did not even see it, you know. So it is a very powerful tool that um, – I guess that's probably why a lot of people are challenging um, their beliefs or having a challenging time overall. Yeah. Currently right now as well, there's a lot of extra time on their hands to believe those thoughts or those um, processes without maybe knowing um, some tools there to help them through this. But it's been a joy having you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been super fun. Thank you for answering pretty much my questions (laughs) and everyone else's questions because 
yeah, I think it's, you know, it's always good to hear it from another person's perception and maybe the way that you explain it might help people hear it in a different way to when I explain it. And, you know, even I had a few um, penny dropping moments during that conversation. So thank you so much for joining me and hopefully we can catch up soon for like a chai or something nice. Yes, I would love that. I love that. And also hopefully we can do some sort of beautiful creation and offering together soon. Yes, we need to do that and we will do that. I did tell you I had that dream once that we had a fashion label together, which was quite funny. I know. So, <laughs> one where thoughts and meanings and feelings were important. Um, but, yeah, that was a funny dream. But thanks so much for coming on and, yeah, hopefully we get to catch up soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Sarah.